As we all know, parenting can be so rewarding, but at the same time can also be challenging as well. And uh, it's interesting because we are in a very interesting stage. We uh, have six kids, four of them are adults, and then we have two that are still adolescents, but now we also are going to be grandparents this summer. I probably haven't mentioned that because I'm not very excited about it, but we're going to be grandparents this summer, so it's such a, it's a, it's a weird place because like, like, in some ways, emotionally, you feel like an empty nester. But like, oh, wait, we still have kids. Yes, you know. So, you know, obviously, parenting, but, you know, they're also excited about this next stage with our adult kids. So it's just kind of an interesting season for us as a family. Uh, last week, uh, one gentleman, when he was leaving, told me, he said, you know, if I knew how fun being a grandparent was, I would have just skipped parenting and went right to it. <laughs> so which I, don't, I, I did listen that great in school, but I don't think that works. I don't know. But um, <laughs> anyways, um, so one of my favorite jokes, maybe I've even already told it here, was why do grandparents and grandkids get along so well? Because they share a mutual enemy. Now, obviously, obviously our kids aren't our enemy, but you know what? It, we have battles, right? Well, there are times where we do get aggravated. They get aggravated with us, and, and certainly that happens from time to time. And, and so today is, is we're moving on. If you, you've been visiting with us, we're moving on to the next commandment. We're looking at the Ten Commandments and we're calling this series A Life Well Lived because for so many years, I think the way that the Ten Commandment was taught, it was, just, it was like these rules that, you, man, you better follow these. And I think we, we have missed for many years the, the spirit of why God gave the Ten Commandments, not just to the nation of Israel, but for us as well here today. And, and really, ultimately, it's not these like rules, that, these restrictions, you know, oh, I gotta follow them. No, in reality, the Ten Ten Commandments are such a precious gift from God. It is a gift that when we learn to take serious these Ten Commandments and apply them to our lives and our relationships, we'll discover holy and healthy relationships. We'll discover that it will help us love God and love others better because at the end of the day, Jesus said every single commandment, every single commandment in the Bible comes down to loving God and loving others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. My they'll know you're my disciples by your love. And so really the Ten Commandments are love rules that when we apply these to our lives and relationships, it's going to increase our capacity to love like Jesus. And we're going to see holy and healthy relationships. As a pastor, there have been many individuals who I have been with in their last moments on earth. And in some of those cases, even regrets, wishing they would have repaired that relationship with their child, Wish, wishing that things would have done differently, wishing they would have made their kids a higher priority than work. And, and, and I, you know, one of the things of being a pastor for 30 years is I also learned from other people's mistakes. <laughs> Say, Lord, I don't want that. I want to get to the end of my day. 
knowing that I wasn't a perfect parent, knowing I wasn't a perfect husband, knowing I wasn't a perfect pastor or a friend, but to know, though, by the grace of God, I lived well. And the relationships in my life were holy and healthy relationships. And the one we're looking at today is one of the most important relationships of all. It's the relationship between a parent and a son or daughter. So take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. We do have the verse up here for today. It's just one verse, so uh, you can look up here as well. Exodus chapter 20. Now, here's what's interesting is uh, with the Ten Commandments, they're broken up. So, again, remember, what did Jesus say? Um, All of the commandments come back to loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving your neighbors yourself. You actually see that in the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments are vertical, right? They're they're dealing with our relationship with God. And then the last six are dealing with our relationship with one another. And so this commandment, uh, the fifth commandment, is a transition in looking at our earthly relationships. And it begins with such an important one, of course, that between a parent and a child. So look at verse 12. It says... Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Short verse, so let's read it again together, shall we? Let's do it together. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So this is kind of the the, the basic idea because you have have instruction and you have reward, right? Do this, a command, and here's the reward if you do. And I would summarize this verse quite simply as this. God honors those who honor their parents. And as we're going to look at today, that's not just when you're younger. God honors those who honor their parents. I want to tell you, honoring parents is a big deal to God. In fact, let me just throw in a couple verses. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Some of the parents are like, amen, preach it, brother. (laughs) He has cursed his father or his mother, and his blood is upon him. Now, it would be good to remind all of us, this is specifically, Leviticus, a command to the Old uh, Testament Jewish people. Okay? So, don't kill your child, if he disobeys today, okay? But you see the big deal that it is. Uh, Here's my favorite one, Proverbs 30, verse 17. I'll read it in a different version than we normally do because I like how it reads. Don't make fun of your father or disobey your mother. Crows will peck out your eyes and buzzards will eat the rest of you. I, like, every parent should, should, should write this down and make your kids memorize it. And then, after that, I want you to go buy a bird. <laughs> All right? Keep it in your house. You know, and when your, when your kid doesn't obey you, right, and all of a sudden, you just point to the bird. You sure? Sure you don't want to clean your room? That's a big beak. That's going to hurt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we could pray and go home. That's... That's just good preaching right there, right? We could just leave. <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the teens living there are like, please move on. 
why'd I come today? All right. So here's what we're going to do today. All right. We're, we're going we're gonna to look at two things today. Number one, how to raise kids who will show honor. So how do I raise a child? You know, it's not just on the child, right? How do I raise my child in such a way? To bring honor. Now, some, some of you, like, those days are long gone, but maybe as a grandparent. So how would that apply to me? I'm not touching on grandparenting. And by the way, I'm going to be a grandparent. I don't know if I've mentioned that today. Um, like, how might that apply, you know, to help your parents in, in that? But, you know, if you have kids in the home, so how, how, how to raise kids so that they will show honor. And then secondly, the second thing I want to look at uh, towards the end is how to honor parents as adult sons and daughters. Right, because this, this command to honor, not the obey part, but the honor, right, is also for my mom, you know, as some of you know my mom, right? Like, I still need to honor her. Sometimes she thinks I still need to obey her, but <laughs> biblically I don't. Don't worry, we're, we're getting therapy together. It's, <laughs> no, but I do need to honor her. I need to honor my stepdad, right? My, my, my dad has passed, but my stepdad, my mom, Right? This, the principle still applies. At 52 years old, the principle still applies. Okay, so that's what we're going to do today, right? We're going to look at two things. How to raise kids who will show honor. And again, if those days are gone, but you're a grandparent, maybe how might, how might that work for you? And then how to raise kids, or excuse me, uh, how, to how to honor parents as adult sons and daughters. Cool? All right, let's look at the first one. How to raise kids who will show honor. I'm going to give you two things. Number one, provide loving leadership. Provide loving leadership. Okay, now listen. This, let me just make this very clear. This could be like a five-hour sermon, okay, with all of this stuff. So I am just giving you a couple things. Like, don't leave. Well, why didn't you talk about this? You could have talked about it. Yes, could have talked about a lot of things with parenting, Okay. There's incredible Christ-centered parenting books out there, okay? I'm just gonna give you a, a couple key things is all today, okay? Provide loving leadership. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Everyone that still lives in their home, uh, uh, 18 or under, say it with me. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Wasn't that fun? I loved your enthusiasm. I could tell how excited you were about that one. All right, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So the apostle Paul here is, is looking back at, the, at this commandment from the Old Testament. And then he says that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. But then Paul adds something to it. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What is that idea? The, the idea of discipline, it carries the idea to train. It's not just, you know, a spanking or a timeout or a, you're grounded. That word that's used here, the Greek word, has the idea of to train, right? So, so if you were to get a physical trainer, for instance, right, they would come alongside, they would show you how to do it, and they would help keep you accountable to doing it for positive outcome. Does that make sense? That's the idea here is a parent has the responsibility to not just, oh, I'm just going to love my kid. No, you need to also train your kid, <laughs> You need to train him how to treat other people. You need to train them how to be respectful. My boys, one of the ways I trained them is when they were young, if they ever disrespected their mother, that was a biggie. 
That was a biggie. Why? Because looking ahead, I want them someday to be good husbands. That treat women with honor and respect as they should. All right, those are things we have to be intentional about as parents and providing that loving leadership, both showing them by example and instructing them to do so. Make sense? Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. He'll remember. He'll remember. She'll remember. Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod, what? In that strong language, hates the son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. I want to tell you, there is a lot of very passive and permissive parenting going on today. Can, can I just say this? Please hear me. The goal is not to be your child's best buddy. You do it right. You stay the course, then the reward is when they become adults, they become your best buddies. My kids told me the other day, I forget which one was it, Dad, you don't have any friends. Don't you love young adults? They're so <laughs> honest, compassionate. I said, well, well I could, because I'm cool, and I could have a lot of friends if I wanted. You know. and, and here's what I said. I said, well, I got friends. I said, but you, like, you don't like, go out and hang out and do, and do those things. I said, honestly, you know why? I would rather go to the movies with my older boys, you know, and my younger. Sorry, guys, I don't mean I don't want to take you too, but my adult, I, like, I, like, I want to hang out with them. Like, my daughters, I, I mean, like, I like hanging out with my adult kids. I like them again, you know? It's like, it's, 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 it's such a cruel fate, really, you know? It's like they're precious and cute, and then they turn two or three and like, ah, you know, Satan, you know, the you know, spawn of Satan, what happened, you know? And, and then they get over that, and then they're cute again, kind of, and then they're, you know, and then they're, oh, okay, they're, okay, you know, they're, they're all right. And then, and then adolescence, like, oh, Satan's back, you know? And, and, then, and then you navigate, you navigate that, and then like, like, okay, they're out of that. Oh, this is so much fun. You're leaving? Why? You're going off to college? You're getting married? What are you doing? I like you again, man. It's kind of a cruel fate, really, if you think about it. And I'm kind of joking around a little bit, but... But, but in all seriousness, here's what I mean. You stay the course. You stay the course. And the reward, the reward is that you'll have friendship and companionship with those kids. And yes, you want your kid, nothing wrong with wanting your kid to like you. But sometimes you got to be the bad cop. Because you're really the good cop. <laughs> and you're looking ahead. We need more visionary parenting today. When you're in the middle of watching them play and the ref makes a bad call and you're yelling at the ref, who's like 17 getting paid $10 to ref the game, and you're yelling at him and you're getting angry and you're all upset, that's not visionary parenting. Remember what matters. Remember what you want to see produced. And is not the greatest athlete on the earth. It's not, well, that's not fair to my kid. 
you're modeling. In what you say and what you do, you are modeling what matters. We need visionary parenting that are training them for what we hope them to become as they leave our home. Amen, church? To spare the rod, to, to say, well, no, I don't want him upset. I don't want to spare the rod. And by the way, there's many translations. It doesn't mean beat your child, by the way. Okay. At the very least, it does mean make sure you're correcting your child. Make sure there are consequences for bad behavior. Why? Because that's how life works. Let me tell you how many times you go in a shopping store and, and, and that four-year-old literally is in charge of the family. Ought not to be. Now, grandparents are a whole other thing. I ain't going to ever spank that kid. That's up to the parents to do whatever they do with that. I get the fun job. All right, but as a parent, <laughs> right, you got to train them. You can't be just the good cop, all right? We need loving leadership. Let me put it this way. Intentional parenting prepares a child to leave home knowing how to live life well. Right, to keep it in line with our, our, our series. That's what we're preparing. Listen, honestly, I don't care if my, my kids didn't go to the greatest university or were the best athletes at this or that or have... What mattered most to Becky and I and still do to us is that when they leave our home, they love Jesus. They understand that everything they have is God's and they are only stewards of it. That they are to love all people, even their enemies, and to show compassion and grace to people. That's success as a parent. Praise the Lord, they get into a great college and have a great career, but sometimes even Christian parents are putting those things above Christ-like character. Intentional parent means we have set them up to live well, not only their lives, but as they get married, as their employees, employers, right? So for those that are parents... I want to ask, what kind of parent are you? I'm going to give this kind of quick for the sake of time, but I want to give you different types of parenting uh, styles. And uh, I, I, before I give it, I, this was kind of cute cartoon I came across. It's a, it's, a, it's a husband and a wife, and they have their child there. And, and the wife, speaking on behalf of the family, says this. If I had to classify our parenting style, I would call it a 24-7, terrifying, all-consuming, worrying style. <laughs> have you been there? We have. <laughs> At one point, we had four kids, all two, two years apart, all young, and then two, two more at cable log. And so, you know, it's easy just, like, just to get by and not be intentional, right? I, I, hope, I, I hope you, the parents that have kids in the home, I, I hope, I hope that you don't feel like I'm pointing a finger at you. Trust me. We have learned and stumbled and grown in this era and are still doing so, Okay. And all of those things. But, but isn't it easy, though? Just life's so crazy busy. Like style. I don't have time to think about what kind of style of parenting I'm doing. But I want to mention some that are out there with, with kind of pictures. And I want you to do an honest self-evaluation for a moment. Okay? 
Here's the first, some of these you'll be aware of, I'm sure. The first one is a helicopter, all right? Helicopter, this is of course helicopter parenting. So this is, this is a parent who hovers over their child like all the time, like smothers them all the time, right? This is a very popular one today, <laughs> okay? Here's another style, uh, a lawnmower parent. It's, it's somewhat similar to that, but, but a lawnmower parent is who, they think it's their job to like clear every path for them, to make sure everything's clear and easy for them, that it's their job to make their child's life easy. Well, guess what? Again, life isn't easy. Don't make everything easy for your child. Visionary parenting. Kid comes home having an issue with another kid at school. You know how many parents just pick up the phone to, to, to complain to a teacher? You know what you should do first? Teach the child how to try to resolve that conflict. Right, it's here and then it's here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> From the guy who's never been in a fight, so. <laughs> um, I'm kidding, but do you know what I'm saying there, right? Like, like, maybe instead of jumping in and making it all easy, maybe there's an incredible opportunity for that child. Now, I get there's some situations that doesn't work, but what a great opportunity that might be, right? To teach them how to navigate disagreements, because that's life, right? Is this making sense where I'm going with this, right? right? Like, like, don't be so quick to make your life their life's so easy. <laughs> let them learn. Let them stumble. Let them figure some things out. There's a level of protection there, of course. Okay? But don't do that. Let them learn hard lessons. My son, if he doesn't make the, uh, uh, the team and he, and he thought he should, I'm not going to go complain to the coach. I'm going to say, okay, how do you deal with disappointment? And how do we get better for next year? That's character you're trying to build into them. Then there's tiger parenting, right? Tiger parenting is the authoritarian, you know, you do this, you know, just that very aggressive, you're going to do this, you're going to follow the rules, you're going to do what I say, you're going to, you know, and it's very authoritarian in nature. I'll come back to that in a second. Here's another one, golden retriever. Ah. Uh, how many have golden retrievers? I, we have a golden doodle, half retriever. Anybody? If you, if you have a golden retriever, like literally all they want to do in life is to be loved. Like that's it. Like they have no other mission in life. Okay. Well, ours does, digging holes uh, in our yard, which means I don't love them. But um, I, like Oakley, all, that's all he wants. Like some of you have been to our house. That's, like, that's all he wants. He just like, like, he's such a weird dog. He literally purrs when you pet him. He thinks he's a cat. Anyone's been in a house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you pet Oakley, he starts purring. He's such a weird dog. But all he wants is to be loved. Love me, love me, love me. And I want to tell you, sometimes parenting, for whatever reason, whether it's insecurities or whatever the case may be, sometimes in parenting, oh, I just want him to love me. I just want him to, you know, think I'm the cool, fun parent. Can I just be honest? Of all of these styles, this is the one I'm tempted 
with the most because, because I, am, I, I tend to be a people pleaser. I want people to be happy and pleased and admire me and those things. And so even as a parent, I've had to wrestle through this. So, so this is one, if all of these, you know, I, I think sometimes we're like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's so easy for me to let Becky be the bad cop and I'd be the good cop, <laughs> you know? And that's not right. That's not fair to her. And so sometimes, though, we just want to, so, so we're soft and we don't follow through on things because we don't want the tension or whatever. And, and then here's one, this one maybe you're not aware of, uh, the seal, and more specifically, the harp seal. Isn't that adorable? Yeah, well, they're terrible moms, okay? Because I discovered that a harp seal will give birth and will take care of it for 12 days and then literally leave it to try to survive. Neglects it, doesn't bother with it. 30% of harp seals die in infancy because the parent doesn't, they, ne- they neglect it. Like, good luck. And, and there may be some here, and, and, and I know we're having fun a little bit today, but I know that there's also some woundedness here. I, I've, I've pastored long enough to know there are, there are dad wounds, there are mother wounds that people have. And, and for some of you, this is a wound where you, where you were neglected either by a father or a mother. Either they literally weren't there or they were there but they weren't there. You know what I mean? They weren't relationally there. And I get that. And, and, and that's a style. And of course, there's one last style and this is the whole point that I want to get to. This is the style that we strive after. <laughs> it's the way of Jesus style. It's learning to parent in such a way. And I've said this many times before, discipleship is caught more than it's taught to parent in such a way that is not difficult for them when they read about being like Jesus, what that looks like. When they read about, and they they look at the example of Jesus, friends, with his disciples, and, and they get firmness, but then gentleness because they saw it modeled, that we found that balance in raising our kids in a Jesus-like way. At the end of the day, it's not even, oh, I need to teach this, I need to say that. It's just day-to-day walking with Jesus and being intentional and showing them the ways of Jesus in your life. That they may learn that and model that in their own life. I think this is important and transitions transitions us into the second thing that I want to say about raising Kids, it'll show honor. Jesus modeled how to train up without tearing down. And this is where there's a wound for some. You either had a parent who maybe they, they trained up, you know, you know, maybe they were there and kind and doing things, but, you know, but, 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 but maybe also they... They also didn't, you know, follow that up with love. It's like, do this and do this, you know. Or maybe on the other side of that, you know, where they were kind and sweet and, and always fun parent. And, oh, my parents are the best. They let me do this or that. But then never really taught you for life. And you, you get to adulthood and you don't even know what to do because you never learned consequences or hard work or having to earn, you know, earn this or, or you know, pay for this when you do so. Because, you know, they always came in and fixed it. I'll get back to that in a second. Let me mention the second thing. Number two, pursue a loving relationship. You see, this is the balance that we need to find as parents. We need to provide loving leadership while at the same time pursuing a loving relationship. 
It's not one or the other. I, I heard this, this is not new to me. I'd give credit, but I don't remember where I heard it from. Um, but uh, it's stuck with me for years. Rules without relationship can lead to rebellion. Relationship without rules can lead to resentment. I want you to stop and think about that for a second, right? I think the first one's a little clear. Rules without relationship can lead to rebellion, right? I mean, at some point when it's just this, 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 but there's no care and, and affection, and, and you, you don't even know if they even love you by, by, by their actions. Ultimately, they'll rebel from that. But it's also true that relationship without rules can lead to resentment. Well, how so? Because they're going to become an adult. They're going to enter life without the ability to function well. Because they did not have boundaries that they needed. They did not learn that there's consequences for your actions. They did not learn to work hard for things. Because I just want you to love me and like me, so I'm going to do this, and okay, naughty, naughty, but you shouldn't do that, but okay, you can still go to your friend's house. I mean, listen, I don't like to be the bad cop. I'm horrible at it. But I learned I have to be sometimes when Becky won't. Um, you know, I have to be. <laughs> because it's really, at the end of the day, not fair. For that child to become an adult and not learn there are consequences for our behavior. You know, it, it's gotten so bad. Uh, when I was living in Michigan, um, a couple people in our, our church owned some Bigby stores, uh, coffee, and um, I did not get free Bigby, in case you were wondering. Uh, I did get a discount, so that was nice. But one of the ladies told me that one of the owners, she told me, that she had to fire this 24-year-old girl. And that 24-year-old girl called the owner of Bigby to discuss why she fired her daughter. And you know what the lady said? She is an adult. I am not having a conversation with you. I didn't hire you. I hired that adult young lady. You take it up with her. I have no business discussing that with you. You know what? Good for her. This was a helicopter parent who's still helicoptering her child at 24. We have to find balance because it's all fun and games and lovey-dovey without really learning those tough lessons. Then we're not loving them, as Solomon said. We're hating them. And... and, and and let's be honest, if we had to be really honest, it's probably rooted in some selfishness. That I care more about feeling loved by my child than I do about making hard and difficult decisions that aren't easy, but I know may make me the enemy in their mind now, <laughs> but will prepare them, train them up in the way they should go, and when they are older, what? They will not depart. Does this make sense? Oh, I have such a heart for our parents with young kids that they get this. Here's a beautiful balance of this rules relationship. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6 and 11. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? 
My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he what? Loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Verse 11, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasure. Can I let you in on a little secret? It pained me. I hate disciplining my kid. It pains me, not just the kid. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been what? Trained by it. Old Testament, New Testament. Lovingly train your child in the ways of the Lord and, and, and the way of wisdom. Do you know that's why Solomon wrote Proverbs? Was to pass on wisdom to his son. Find that balance. All right, we're going to move on to the second part here. This is going to be a little shorter, so don't worry. You'll, you'll beat the Lutherans to lunch, Okay. They don't start drinking till three anyways. That's, 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 what? Did that, did that come out? Got to turn that filter. That's a joke, of course. Kidding. Listen, if you're upset, send me an email. TJ at C-O-T-R, Michiana.com. Send it there, Okay. I was joking, by the way. So how to honor parents as adult sons and daughters? Most of us, not everyone, there, there are certainly some in the room that don't have a living mom or dad. Um, but most of us, I think this would relate to us. Um, like, what does that look like to honor? And, and you might think, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I've done enough Premarital counseling, I've done enough weddings to know that though they may not verbalize it, that even after marriage, there are some moms, and sometimes dads, but I'm going to be honest, more times than not moms, but sometimes dads, who think that their adult married child needs to do what they say. You're not helping, Mom. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> so here's what I want to do, if my mom doesn't interrupt anymore. Um, when the roles reverse, how fitting. When the roles reverse... And in some ways, you're like the parent, <laughs> in some ways. And so I want to give you three things, okay, to end our time together. Because that, again, that's where a lot of us are at. But let me make it clear, despite what mom said, you are not required to obey your mom or dad. <laughs> Once you leave and cleave and you're out of the house, you are not required to obey your mom or dad. It's stupid not to at least listen and consider their counsel, of course. But you are not under an obligation to obey them. And not, other, not every parent makes that transition, as Genesis talks about, when you leave the home and cleave to one another. 
okay? So I'm gonna give you three things, okay? What we do still have a responsibility as, as sons and daughters with adult parents, okay? Look at Proverbs 23, 22. It says, listen, it doesn't say listen and obey, but it says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old, I'm not. I'm not. Some of you know, I, got a, I, I have a sarcastic joke like for everything all the time. I pray for my soul, my goodness, but I didn't say it, all right? Listen, in all seriousness, all seriousness, you know, this, the heart of this verse is, is still listen. Still take time to listen to them. Here's what I discovered with, with my parents, with Becky's parents. Even if we don't do what they suggest, when we receive it with a humble, teachable spirit, that makes them feel still so valued in their life. So listen and don't despise them as they're getting old. You say, I would never. Sometimes it's hard when they get older and aren't doing, taking their meds like they're supposed to, or now you have to jump in, and you have to, mom, mom, you're supposed to. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, even see, seeing with my father-in-law, with, 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 with Becky, seeing her sometimes reminding dad, did you take these, you know, did you take this pill? You know, it's, it just happens. It's just part of how life works, right? You sort, you sort of switch the roles a little bit. So here's the first of the three. You may need to take time for them. How do we honor, as adult sons and daughters, how do we honor our older parents? Make sure we're spending time with them. We're taking time for them. They, they know that they still are valued by us, and their counsel is valued by us. Look at 1 Timothy for the second one. 1 Timothy 5. 3 through 4, and then verse 8. Honor widows who are truly widows. So this is Paul telling Timothy, the pastor at the church in Ephesus, we need to honor widows who are truly widows. But he says this, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some point to their, some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. But if anyone, verse 8, he gets blunt. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Hello. There's no jokes you can tell about that. That's serious business, isn't it? See, the second thing is this. You may need to help care for them. To put it a little more bluntly, this is what I tell my kids. We change your diapers. You need to be ready to change our diapers. <laughs> now, now listen, there, there are times you can't provide the care needed, right? I mean, we get that. My, some of you know the story with my dad. He, he, he got dementia in his mid to late 70s and got progressively worse. Um, and he was a big man and he would... You know, he would, get, he would even get moments of violence. He was the most gentlest person you could imagine, just a gentle giant. But when dementia started taking over, he'd get, like, he'd get violent. I remember taking swings at me in the nursing home. Like, it's never in my life would he have, he have 
Okay, well, ninth grade was rough. He did slap me across the face once, okay? But, and I did flip him off once, and he pulled my finger back. But typically, ninth grade, didn't know Jesus, okay? Um, but he, was, he really was. And then he, he, he hurt his knee, and he, he was bedridden because he was trying to do something he shouldn't, and he fell, and it hurt. And it was like, it was finally the point where you just, you couldn't care. Like, you know, he had to go into a home. So there, I'm not, so please hear that, because I know, actually, I know some of you are at kind of, around that stage, trying to, to figure those things out. Helping make that happen is part of caring for them. Right? It, it, the idea is, we do have a responsibility to care for them, whatever it looks like, in whatever way that we can. And that's one of the ways we can honor them. We care for them. We try to be patient when they're, when they're stubborn and set in their ways or they won't take their medicine like they're supposed to or you're, you know, you're saying, Mom, you're like, you can't do that, you know, and, right? So we may need to care for them. And then we'll give you one last thing and then I'm done. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. One of the greatest demonstrations of love is releasing bitterness and wrath and anger and choosing instead forgiveness. The truth of the matter is, and I know I've been a pastor long enough in enough places, and this is true in anywhere I've been, for some of you, the way to honor your parents is that you need to forgive them. The reality is we live in a broken, sin-filled world. And that oozes out in all different areas of life. And it also oozes out at home. And some of you were hurt deeply by a father or a mother. You weren't loved as was intended for you by God. And there's some hurt. And there's some pain. And you don't want anything to do with them. And maybe you don't. Maybe you haven't for years even had a conversation. Or maybe holidays and that's all. That is it. And let me also preface this by saying there are some situations where you shouldn't be around them. Okay, I'm just, I acknowledge it. It's, just, it's so abusive and destructive. I get that. Okay. Even that. You need to forgive them. Maybe you've heard the saying, bitterness is drinking poison and think it's gonna hurt them. For some of you, everything I said before, maybe, okay, that's good stuff, but maybe today this right here is what you need to hear. To honor a parent who wasn't honorable by choosing the way of Jesus and to love them by forgiving them and releasing that. 
it's tempted for any of us to say, but you don't understand. I have a right. Do you know what they did to me? I have a right. I will only say this. I am thankful that Jesus laid aside his rights. To die on a cross, to forgive every sin you and I have committed, past, present, future. And I'll go so far as to say, I don't think that you can be fully whole with the Father or with others until you release that and let God be God. He is the avenger. He is the writer of wrongs. He will right all those wrongs when he comes in all his glory. Today, some of you need to release that and stop holding on to that and let it go. Last night, we had the awesome privilege. I'll close with this. We had the awesome privilege of going to the spa um, uh, I don't know what, end of, end of year fundraiser event. My wife said there's going to be cake that everyone gets, so that was some of the motivation. But I, in, in all reality, we, we have an individual from our church that's in the spa, and I just, I just love that they're, they're reaching it, just like with Teen Challenge, you know, our executive director and his family go here. Like, that's the kind of stuff that fires me up. I just love anything restoration. Just, and um, it did eat cake too, and that was good. But the highlight, three ladies shared. Um, and as you can imagine, um, sexual promiscuity, drug addictions. What I noticed the pattern in all three of these ladies was a broken relationship with their father that was not resolved. And each of them entered, and I want to tell you, so easy to say, well, can you blame them? I mean, in one case, the dad literally pimped her out. <laughs> I mean, just, I can't even fathom that. One, it was physical. View. I mean, it just doesn't matter. It, horrific things. The other theme with all three of these ladies, when they finally found victory and freedom, is when they embraced the Abba Father and the Spirit of God healed the broken heart and they discovered an Abba Father that would never, ever hurt them, ever. And then victory came in their life and then they were able to go, all three of them, and forgive their earthly father. 
I've never done any of those things, but I'm not perfect. I've hurt my kids. I, a stupid comment, a sarcastic moment, whatever the case may be. But I want all of us to understand, whether good or bad. This, 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 like if, if, if you're like, I'm not a parent, my parents are dead, what, I, there's nothing for me today. Okay, this, this one here then is for every single person in the room. This is what I end with. Here it is. Our Abba Father will always parent us perfectly. We won't. We'll get it wrong, and we'll need to ask our kids to forgive us from time to time. All right, you weren't, and some of you carry that scar in your life, and I'm sorry, I wish I could remove that from you. But the only thing that will remove that from you and to move forward is to really embrace the Abba Father and learn that he is for you, not against you. He loves you with a depth you can't even comprehend on earth. And he can heal your brokenness. He can heal those wounds in your life. So I want the band to come up as we close. Would you stand with me? And I, I want to pray this over you, this, these verses of scripture over you, and then we'll close with a song. But I want to pray these verses over you today. From Romans chapter 8, it's verse 15 and 16, 31 and 32, and verse 38 and 39. Would you, would you mind just closing your eyes? And I want to end by just reading scripture over you. This, this is the Abba Father. This is how he feels about you. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, church. We're gonna close with a song about a Savior who went to the cross for us. And I hope as we sing, you just remember, that's how far the Abba Father went for you. That's how much he loves you, to forgive you and to forgive me, amen?